are glad you are here and uh, counted an honor to, this morning that you have decided to share Resurrection Sunday with us here at Elevation Worship Center. Um, if you have your Bible this morning and you want to read with me the word that uh, the Spirit of the Lord has put in my heart, I'm going to ask you to turn over to the book of Luke, and we're going to read from the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to read from the 24th chapter. So Luke chapter 24, and we're going to read this morning beginning with verse number 30. Verse number 30. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Luke chapter 24 and beginning with that 30th verse. And the Bible says, and it came to pass as he, Jesus, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened unto us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed. And hath appeared unto Simon. I'm going to stop right there this morning. Ask if you will just bow your heads and let's pray and ask the Lord for his help, for his anointing to minister his word. Father, we are wonderfully grateful this morning that we have the opportunity to come together and to come together as a family in the body of Christ. To worship your name and to give honor unto you. This morning, Heavenly Father, as we have read your word and we dive into the word of God this morning, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will quicken me and will bless me to be a blessing. Put your thoughts in my mind. Put your words in my mouth. Let your, let your anointing rest upon myself that I may be an effective minister of your gospel. And I pray, Father, that you would let the anointing of the Holy Spirit rest upon these that are here and that hear the word that you would have me speak. That it might be received, not in their, not in their just their natural ear, but in their inner ear, in their spirit. Let them feel the witness of the Holy Spirit in their heart concerning the word of our risen Lord. And for all of these things, Lord, we will give you praise and we will be forever grateful. We ask him in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus and everyone in agreement said amen. amen. So my wife has already mentioned this morning that I was asked to uh, preach the community Good Friday service. And for those of you that were out to that service, I, I appreciate seeing a friendly face in the crowd. Amen. And, and we did, we had an absolute wonderful time gathering with the other churches and, and uh, I couldn't help but think as I stood there and ministered to that congregation 
uh, the place was really, you know, kind of packed out and I couldn't help but think, and I know other Christian people that are not here. We have a valley that's filled with people that love the Lord. I love that. Praise God. But I ministered on a subject that I titled, of course, it was a Good Friday service. So I titled that sermon, Good Friday Indeed. Good Friday Indeed. Because it was a Good Friday when Jesus died upon Calvary's cross. How in the world could that be good? And I brought out the fact that it was good because it was because of Calvary that I'm redeemed. It was because of Calvary that he made me an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. It was because of Calvary that the Bible says that he gave me his righteousness and he took upon himself my sins. It was a good Friday because there at Calvary, the righteous demands of a holy God were satisfied in the sacrifice of his son. And we have been redeemed. We have been washed in the blood of the lamb. We've been sanctified by his blood. We've been set apart. We have been, amen, set apart for his service all because of Calvary. And it was a good Friday Indeed. Somebody said, Good Friday. You know, in the form of a question, Good Friday. Yes, Good Friday indeed. Because he saved my soul, wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life, and made me free. Now I'm going to flip channels on you for just a minute. Some of you are old enough to remember Paul Harvey. Some of the younger folks are looking at me like a calf looks at a new gate. Who is Paul Harvey? When I was a younger man, there was a gentleman, he was a radio personality on the airwaves. He gave the news and he was a delightful individual. I loved listening to him. In fact, my grandmother never missed his program on the radio. And he had a very unique way about him. Those of you that remember Paul Harvey can remember that he had a very, very unique way of delivering the news. And he would always tell a story. He would always give some bit of information. And he would give you part of the story and then he would say the rest of it. And then he would say, and now you know the rest of the story. I'm Paul Harvey. Good day. That's my best Paul Harvey impression. <laughs> well, this morning I want to give you the rest of the story. Because it was a good Friday indeed. But this morning I want to give you the rest of the story. And I want to title my message, The Lord is Risen. Indeed, that 34th verse says, the Lord is risen indeed. Go with me, keep your scripture open. We're going to be a little bit different than what we normally preach this morning, but go with me to the very first verse. And you can just kind of follow along because I want to go this morning through this entire chapter of the book of Luke. 
And the Bible tells us there in that first verse that upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher. They, we learn a little later on in this chapter, that it was Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joanna and other women with them. But the Bible says that they came very early in the morning to the sepulcher. And they came bringing spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away. Now, I ask you this morning to just kind of put yourself in their shoes. Think for a moment of what these individuals that are coming to the tomb, think of what they had been through. And the trauma and the, the, the grief that they had endured. These were the same individuals that had stood by Jesus' side and watched him be condemned to die. These were individuals that loved him and honored him and revered him. Think this morning and put yourself in their shoes. How would you feel if someone that was close to you and someone that you revered, someone that you, that you loved, someone that you uh, admired, and suddenly they endured the harsh cruelness of the cross? Do you think that would have an impact upon your life? Think of maybe your father or your mother or your child or someone that was close to you, someone that was uh, uh, admirable in your sight and you had followed their teachings and you had followed their, their, uh, their commandments and you loved that individual and suddenly you stand at the foot of the cross on Good Friday and you watch that individual persecuted, you watch them suffer and you see the blood pouring from their body and they die. Do you think you would be traumatized? I think probably you would maybe even lose some sleep. I think you would find that sleep had gone far from you. I think you would find that your appetite was not what it could be. Somebody said, you need to eat. No, I don't feel like eating. I, I can't. Not hungry. These individuals had been traumatized. They had been, they had been brutally wounded themselves. And they come to the tomb early or they come to the sepulcher early in the morning bringing spices and they are planning to properly bear or bury the body of Christ. You will remember that they had put him in the tomb in haste because the Sabbath was drawing nigh. And they hastily laid him in the grave and hastily put him in the tomb. And now they are returning because they loved him and they wanted to give him a proper burial. And the Bible says now in the third verse, and when they arrived and they found the stone of the sepulcher rolled away. Wait a minute. It wasn't like that when we left on Friday. It wasn't like that. He was in the grave. They had rolled a stone in front of the opening and they had even stationed guards, the Roman soldiers, to stand at the outer side of the, of the rock to make certain that no one stole his body away. 
And they found the stone had been rolled away from the sepulcher. And the Bible says now in that third verse, and they entered in and they found not the body of Jesus. They found not the body of the Lord Jesus. They got an empty grave. Now they have an empty grave on their hands. They've been traumatized. They've been brutally, emotionally wounded. And they come and now they find an empty grave. And now confusion and, and uncertainty begins to overshadow them. I imagine they were asking themselves the question, what happened? Where did he go? Who took him? The Bible says they entered in and they found not the body of the Lord. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining apparel. Two angels of God stood by them. And the shining apparel was just simply the radiant glory of God that radiated off of the angels. And it was so powerful and so radiant and so brilliant in sight that the Bible says that they that were there, they bowed themselves to the earth because they were afraid. And the angels said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead? Because he is not here. He has risen. He is not here. As he is risen, remember, they said, remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. And the angels remind them of what Jesus had told them. The angels said, remember how he spake unto thee when he was yet in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and shall be crucified. And the third day, he will rise again. And the Bible said that they remembered his words. Let me just stop for a moment from reading and let me just stop and tell you this morning that it was no secret that Jesus prophesied that he would die and raise from the grave. It was no secret that Jesus had spoken, not once, not twice, but over and over again, that he would fall into the hands of sinful men, that they would crucify him, but that he would rise on the third day. There was a time, the Bible teaches, when there were those that were gathered around and they were seeking for a sign. And Jesus said, there will no sign be given unto you except for that of the sign of Jonah, who was three days in the belly of the whale and then brought back out. He said, so shall the Son of Man be three days in the heart of the earth and will rise again. He came out of the temple one day and there were those that said, teacher, look at the temple. And he said, you tear it down and in three days I will raise up another. And they looked at him like he had lost his mind and said, 40 and six years was our fathers in building this temple and you're going to build one in three days. They didn't understand he was talking about the body, the temple, the body. He was talking about he would be in the ground for three days and that he would rise again. Mm. And suddenly the angels remind them, remember how he spake unto you while he was yet in Galilee, that the son of man would be crucified and be given to the hands of sinful men and he would die, but that he will rise again. 
And the Bible said when they heard that, they remembered his words. Now, they still didn't understand what was going on. They just remembered his words. So the Bible says now, in verse number 9, that the women, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joanna and the other women that were with them, the Bible says that they returned from the sepulcher and they told all the things that they had seen, that they had experienced unto the eleven, unto the disciples, unto the rest of those that were with them. And look at verse number 11. And verse number 11 says, And their words seemed to be as idle tales, like a fairy tale. And then the Bible says, and they believed them not. Now, I don't know about you, but I just kind of ponder that for a little bit. Because these are the same 11 men that witnessed with their own eyes Jesus walking upon the water. These are the same men that witnessed Jesus turning water into wine. The same men that watched Jesus cast out demonic spirits with just his word. These are the same men that followed him and heard him teach and minister for three and a half years. And they heard him say that I'm going to be given into the hand of sinful men. I'm going to be crucified, but I will rise again on the third day. They heard it. They heard it all before it ever happened. And now here it is. It has happened. And the women return and say, hey, we saw a vision of angels. And the angel said, why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Amen. We, don't, we didn't find the body. We don't know where he went. But we believe he's alive. And the disciples said, you are telling us a fairy tale. And they believed them not. Now, why, why is it, why is it that, you know, when, when we, why is it that when we hear the word, oftentimes it is so hard for us to believe? Why is it sometimes that when we hear the word of God broke to our spirit and into our heart, amen, often we find ourselves in the same dilemma as the disciples. We have Missouri complex. Show me. Hello? You know why we have that kind of complex? I'll tell you why. We are so impressed with our mental intelligence that if we can't figure it out and explain it, then it can't be. Right? Amen. The women believed. They found no body at the grave. They had good news. I'm here to tell you this morning that I've got good news. Jesus Christ is alive and he's no longer in the grave and he is risen. And the Bible said that he is set down at the right hand of the Father. And that's good news. He's alive. And because he lives, I can live also. You can believe it or not, but it's still true. So here's what the Bible says now. They believed them not. And then Peter, and we learn in some of the other gospels that it was John. Peter and John arise and they run to the sepulcher. The Bible says that the younger disciple, it was John. John was younger and so Peter was a little slower. 
They, they run to the, to the sepulcher. They run to the tomb. John arrives first, but he doesn't go in. Peter arrives, and then our Bible here, our text says that Peter goes in to the tomb. He goes into the sepulcher and stooping down and beheld, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and he departed and he departed wondering within himself. Wondering within himself, where is the body? What has happened? What has transpired? And the Bible says that it was on this same day the same day when all of these things had transpired, that all of these things had come to pass, the women had seen the vision. They had given the testimony that he's alive. And Peter and John have ran to the tomb and, did, and they have found it's true. They're, the stones rolled away and there's no body in sight. The same day, the Bible says, behold, two of them, in verse 13, went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which from Jerusalem was about three score furlongs. From everything that I could study, those, those uh, three score furlongs was about six to eight miles. Some said six, some said seven, some said eight. It's still not around the block, right? So they are walking the road to Emmaus. And the Bible says that as they walk together, they communed together and reasoned together and talked of all of these things which had happened. Verse 14. They talked of all of these things that had happened. And in my mind, I can hear them as they were walking. It's six to eight miles. How many of you know that was a good stretch of the legs? They had time to talk. And while they were talking, they were visiting with one another and said, man, you know, I, I was there. I was there when he gave blind Bartimaeus his sight. I was there when he cleansed the leper. I was there when the leper came to him and said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And I watched Jesus reach out and touch him. And say, I will be thou clean. And that man was clean. He was ever with made whole. I was there that night on the boat. When he came walking upon the water, I've never seen anything like it. Maybe the other one said, I was there the night when we were out in the midst of the ship and the, and the ship was rocking to and fro and a great storm had arisen and water was coming over the side of the boat and we thought we were a goner and Jesus got up and said, peace, be still. And the water calmed, the wind ceased and everything was calm. I was there that night. I remember it. The other guy said, well, I remember when he raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, come forth. And he got up out of the grave and came out of the tomb. They talked of all of these things that had happened. One of them said, I'm a, but I was there just a few days ago. I was there when I watched him being crucified. I watched the Roman soldier raise the hammer and drive the spikes into his hands and into his feet. He was so bloody and beaten. They had plucked his beard and planted a crown of thorns upon his head. His back 
was shredded because of the whipping that the Romans gave him. And I watched him bleed and I heard him say, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And I saw him give up the ghost and I watched him die. I was there when Joseph took him down off the cross and wrapped him in linen clothes and I watched them bury him. They talked of all of these things that had happened. And suddenly the Bible says as they are walking along and they are talking together, they are visiting with one another and they were reasoning with themselves and they were going over all of the events and they were trying to work through the emotional trauma that they themselves had witnessed. They're walking along and all of a sudden the Bible said that Jesus joined up with them and started walking along with them. And this is what it says. And it came to pass, verse 15, that while they communed together and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. And listen to verse 16. But their eyes were holden. Their eyes were holden that they should not know him. They didn't recognize him. They didn't know who he was. They're walking along talking of all of these things that had happened and here comes Jesus and joins up with them and they thought he was a stranger. They didn't know who he was. And Jesus says to them in verse 17, he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that you have one with another as you walk and why are you so sad? Why are you so grief stricken? And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering, said unto him, Art thou a stranger in Jerusalem? Don't you know the events that have transpired in the last few days? Haven't you tuned in to CNN? Haven't you watched the local news? Don't you subscribe to the Jerusalem Post? You mean to tell me you don't know what's happened in the city of Jerusalem in the last couple of days? Are you a stranger and a foreigner that you don't understand? He goes on to say, Jesus said what things? And they said concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was mighty in deed and mighty in word before God and before all of the people. He would speak and demonic spirits would go. He would speak. Nobody ever preached like Jesus preached. He would speak and he was mighty in act and mighty in word. And God had anointed him and God was with him. And then they go on to say, and the chief priests, our rulers, our chief priests, our rulers have condemned him to death and they have crucified him. And we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And now, besides all of this, since these things were done a few days ago, now, Besides all of that, I mean, we have dealt with all of that. We have dealt with the fact that we watched him crucified. We dealt with the fact that he was dead and laid in a tomb. And we have, we have dealt with all of that stuff. And now, beside all of that, certain of them which were of our company 
went unto the sepulcher and found it even as so. And the women said that they, they saw no body. Look at that verse, 24th verse. And certain of them which were with us went unto the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but they saw him not. There was no body. And then Jesus says to them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Again, sometimes we are so slow to believe. Somebody said, well, I don't know about that resurrection thing. Nobody has ever rose from the dead. Nobody has ever raised from the dead. How many of you know that's true? None of us have ever raised from the dead. Not of our own power. Not of our own ability. But, but we're not talking about us. We're talking about the Son of God. Jesus said, nobody takes my life, but I have the power to lay it down. And he said, I have the power to take it back up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Hmm. And then the Bible says that Jesus said unto them, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and then entered into his glory? And verse 27, And beginning at Moses and all of the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I don't know about you, but when I was studying this message, I thought to myself, I would love to have been in on that conversation. My, 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 my. You know, the Bible says of all of us that if we think ourselves to know something, then he said, let that man know that he don't know anything like he ought to know it. And I will be the first one to tell you the more that I learn, the more I see my need to learn. Hello? I would love to have been in on that conversation because beginning with Moses and through the prophets, he began to expound unto them all of the scriptures concerning himself. And while they are walking along, Jesus is, is expounding the word to them and showing them what the scriptures has taught about his death, his burial, his resurrection. He begins to enlighten them. He begins to reveal to them and they begin to have another understanding. They begin to have some light at the end of the tunnel and hey maybe there's something to this the bible says that they arrived at their village they drew near unto the village whether they went and he made jesus made as though he would have gone further verse 29 but they constrained him saying abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent and we Amen. And we want you to abide with us. Don't go. Stay with us. And the Bible says that he went in and tarried with them. And then the Bible says while they were there in that, in that place of abode, that Jesus takes bread. And they had watched him do this a hundred times before. They watched him do this previously throughout his ministry. And Jesus takes bread and he blesses it and he breaks it and he gives it to them. And suddenly their eyes are open. Suddenly they realize who he is. Suddenly out of nowhere, they're like, oh my Lord, it's Jesus. 
I knew it had to be somebody like that. My heart burned in me while we were walking the road and he expounded the scripture. My heart burned on the inside and suddenly they recognized who he was. And when they recognized who he was, he vanished out of their sight. This is heavy. Think if you had been sitting there you had been through all of this traumatic experience and now you're walking the road and some guy calls you a fool. Hello? And you are slow to believe. And you go in and you've made supper and he takes the bread and blesses it. And, and, and then all of a sudden you recognize who he is. This is the same guy that I have spent three and a half years with. This is the same guy that I left my fishing boat for. This is the same guy, amen, that I have followed. This is the same guy that I've watched do miracles. This is him. And then he vanishes out of your sight. Now listen what happened. The Bible says that they were so excited that they arose, look at verse 33, and they arose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. Now how many of you know that if it was about six to eight miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus, how many of you know how many miles it was from Emmaus to Jerusalem? <laughs> about the same six to eight miles. That's a long journey, right? How many of you think you could put, you know, 12, 14 miles behind you today? Not me. Yeah, not without stopping and having a siesta. <laughs> a couple of times. But they were so excited that they, the Bible says they arose the same night. We have got to tell somebody. We have got to share this good. The women were right. We have got to share this news with somebody. We can't keep this to ourselves. He's alive. We saw him with our own eyes. And the Bible said they were, let me just tell you something. When you get a real view of Jesus Christ and who he is uh, and what he can do in your life, you'll be excited to tell somebody about the Lord. You'll be excited to witness your faith to somebody about Jesus. Hmm. And they arise the same night. They make their way back to Jerusalem. And they go in to those that were there. And the Bible says that same hour they arose and they found the 11. They found the disciples and they found those that were gathered with the disciples. And, and let me just stop for a minute to tell you that the disciples were gathered together for fear of the Jews. They, they, fear, they feared because they were a follower of Christ that they were going to have his same uh, in result. They feared that they were going to crucify them. So they were hid away. They were hiding out. Amen. So that nobody could find them. Nobody would know where they were. They were afraid. They were afraid they were about to suffer. For the same condemnation. The Bible says that these two men found the disciples and they went in unto them and they said, The Lord is risen indeed. It's not a fairy tale, it's not something that the women just made up, but he's alive. We saw him for ourselves. 
And the Bible says, and they told what things that were done in the way. They told what things were done as they were walking the road. They told them what things he had done in the breaking of bread. And they are in the midst of their story. They are telling them all about how Jesus opened the scripture and how that they didn't know who he was and how that they didn't recognize him. But when he took the bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to them, their eyes were open. And then they said, and you'll never believe it, but he just vanished out of our sight. They're right in the middle of their story and suddenly Jesus appears in their midst. Wow. Now, just stop and think about it for a moment. If we were sitting here this morning and suddenly, boom, something appeared. Our reaction would be that of the disciples. They thought they saw a ghost. They were ready to call Ghostbusters. Jesus appears in their midst and they are afraid. They are frightened. They are frightened of the Jews and now they got a ghost to contend with. They are afraid and Jesus says unto them, Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. Can I tell you this morning that he wants us to have peace in our lives he wants us, but I don't understand it. I don't, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to understand everything. You have to have faith. The just shall live by faith. And when you have faith in God, amen, it gives you peace in your spirit. Jesus stands in their midst and says, peace be unto you. And they were terrified and affrighted, verse 37, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And Jesus said unto them, why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Handle me. See, for a spirit have not flesh and bone as you see me have. He's trying to reassure them. It's me. Now, let me just stop for a minute to tell you, Jesus was in a resurrected body. He was in an immortal body. He was no longer in this carnal flesh. Notice that he says, for a spirit hath not flesh and bone, not flesh and blood. What's the difference? The life of the flesh is in the blood. That's what gives us life. God forbid you rupture an artery, you would bleed out, you would die because your life is in the blood. His life was not sustained by blood. He was not in a natural body. He was in a body, an immortal body, a body that could appear and disappear at will. He was in a body that was, amen, immortal. It had, it had substance. It was flesh, but it was bone. There was no blood in it. And the, and the Bible says, and when he had thus spoke to them, he showed them his hands and his feet. Uh, amen. He said, look, look, you can see the nail scars. Uh, you can see where they drove the nails into my feet. Look at my side. You can see where they pierced me with a spear. It's me. And the Bible says, while they yet believed not for joy. Now, I really don't know what to make of that. They still didn't know what to believe. Hello? 
while they believe not for joy, and that gives me hope because maybe they were just excited, but they believe not for joy and wondered, he said to them, okay, I'll prove it to you that I, it's really me and that I'm really here and I'm not a figment of your imagination. Do you have a piece of fish? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and the Bible says, and a honeycomb, and he did eat before them. Now in my mind, and I know it, sometimes it's twisted, but in my mind I can see him swallow the fish and it falls out. Hello? I don't know. I don't get it. But he eats before them. That tells me that that glorified body, that immortal body, is going to be able to feast. And I just hope that we don't have to deal with calories on the other side. And he takes the piece of fish and he takes the honeycomb and he took it and he ate before them. And he says unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you. While I was yet with you and all the things, that all these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. And again, I would love to have been a part of this conversation. Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer on Good Friday and to raise from the dead on the first day of the week, on the third day, that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations. How many of you know that includes us? Among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And he said to them, and you are witnesses. You have seen it all happen. You have watched it from the beginning. When John saw me coming down the banks of the Jordan River. And said, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. All the way to the cross where I said it is finished. And all the way to the empty grave. You are witnesses. You've seen it with your own eyes. And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, the promise of the Holy Spirit to empower us, to testify, empower us, to witness, to empower us, to share the good news of the gospel. He said, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass that while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And there were there, they were there continually in the temple praising God and blessing God. And he concludes with amen, which means uh, so be it. He said, you are witnesses to all of these things. Now, let me just share with you one reason why I believe in the resurrection. Number one, I believe the word of God. I believe the testimony of God's word. But let me just share with you another reason why I believe the resurrection. 
You say, Pastor, it goes against everything. It goes against it goes against Nate. It goes against everything. Nobody has ever done that. How could how could Jesus do that? I'll share with you just one reason why I believe it. Remember, he said, You are witnesses. You've seen this from the beginning to the end. And you are witnesses. One reason why I believe. Because those men who were so slow to believe were transformed. You remember when Jesus was in the garden and they came to arrest him. Peter had said, Lord, I'll die with you. Jesus said before the rooster crows three times, before he crowed three times tonight, you'll deny me three times. And he did exactly that. Why? Because he was afraid. He was afraid. He was fearful. But let me, let me just share what happened to you after the resurrection. And it was proven to Peter beyond any shadow of a doubt. It was Peter that stood on the day of Pentecost and preached the first gospel message of repentance in the name of Jesus. He was transformed. He was no longer afraid. He was no longer fearful. The others that were with him were no longer hid out for fear of the Jews. They were no longer hid out in one little place, fearing that they would suffer the same consequences, but they were radically transformed. They were radically transformed. And they begin to go out and about and abroad all of Jerusalem and declare repentance in the name of Jesus and begin to testify. And when their life was threatened, they said, we ought to believe God. Amen. Then rather obey man. It doesn't matter what you tell me. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep believing. And I'm going to keep acting like he's alive because I know he's alive. I saw it with my own eyes. They were transformed radically. You read in the book of Hebrews that some of them were sawn in two. They put them in a log, a hollow log, and they took a saw and they cut them in half. The apostle John was boiled in water or in oil, martyred for the name of Christ. What give him the fortitude to say, I don't care what you do to me, you can take my life, but you cannot take my salvation. What caused him to have the, amen, the fortitude to do that? He was an eyewitness. He said, I sat with him. I watched him die. I saw him put in the tomb, but I saw him, amen, on Sunday when he sat down in our very midst and had fish and opened the scriptures to me. I'm a changed man. Let me tell you something this morning. We ought to be a changed people because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is alive. He's alive this morning because I feel him in my spirit. Feel him in my soul. The witness of the Holy Spirit. He's alive. He's radically transformed me. If you think what you see before you this morning has always been, I have another side of the story to tell you. And it's not a pretty one. I, I have not always been a preacher. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. <laughs> but he changed me. He transformed me. He made me a different person. 
He made me desire choices that I would have never desired before. He caused me to not want to do some things uh, that I wanted to do. He changed me. He radically from the inside out. He made me a new creation and a brand new creature in Christ. Uh, how did he do that? Because he's alive. Mm. Hallelujah. Good Friday indeed. But now you know the rest of the story. The Lord is risen indeed. It's not a question. It's a statement of fact. Hallelujah. Amen. He is alive this morning. And because he lives, we have hope for tomorrow. Because he lives, we are not an oppressed people. Because he lives, we are not without hope. Because he lives, we are not alone. Because he lives, we are made more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Be not discouraged. Be not dissuaded. Be not, amen, heavy hearted. Your God is alive and well. He lives this morning. And all he's waiting for us to do is recognize that he is alive in our life. Honor him and glorify him. The Lord is risen indeed. Tell somebody this afternoon, it's not about the bunny. I have nothing against the bunny. <laughs> but tell somebody this afternoon, it's not about the bunny. I celebrate because my Jesus lives. I celebrate because my Savior lives. Bow your heads, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you this morning for enabling us to minister your word here in this house. For these that have listened so attentively, we are so thankful and so grateful that you are alive, that you have made yourself known to our hearts. We are not slow to believe. We are not slow to believe. But this morning, Lord, we believe and we celebrate a risen Savior who is no longer in the grave. And we rejoice in the fact that because he lives, our future is secure in him. This morning, Heavenly Father, as we celebrate the risen Savior and we commemorate his resurrection, let us, I pray, O oh God, do so with joy in our spirit, with thanksgiving in our heart, and with praise upon our lips, and giving grace and praise unto your name today. For all of these things, Lord, we're grateful. Thank you for your help this morning. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed, and I have prayed in the name of Jesus. I do not know everyone that's in this congregation this morning. But I do know that Jesus lives. I do know that he can make a change in your life. I do know that if we will but invite him into our hearts, that he will come into our heart and make a difference in our life for us. Maybe you're here this morning and you have never made that step. You've never taken that step to invite Jesus into your heart and say, Lord, I want you to be my savior. 
Listen, the Bible said, and you will find it in John's gospel, chapter 1, verse number 12. The Bible says that as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Somebody said, well, we're all the children of God. That's true. We were all created in his image. But if you haven't received him, you are not a son or a daughter of God. But he said, when you receive him, he gives you power to become a son or a daughter of God. It's not in the matter of knowing who he is. Because they walked the Emmaus Road... And they knew all about the crucifixion. They knew all about this Jesus. But they didn't know him. They didn't know him until they got into that intimate place of fellowship where they broke bread together. And then they recognized who he was. Then they understood who he was. Let me just tell you this morning, you can walk life's road and know all about Jesus. But if you don't know him, there's a difference. You can know all about him, but I encourage you to know him and receive him.